Welcome to the Lila Life Show. This is your host, Linda Andrews, and thank you so much for tuning in. With any episode that we have, whether it's a solo cast or a guest expert interview, my intention is for you to be able to anchor into yourself, to ground into yourself, and to explore, whether that's a new concept, an idea, whether something's intuitive in you going off, or there's just something that you hadn't thought of in a different way before. I hope you get to explore curiously, to sense make, and to activate something in yourself that you hadn't had activated. Enjoy today's show. As always, please like, share, subscribe, do the thing, and we hope to help support you consciously up-leveling in your life and business, the Leela way. Welcome to the Leela Life Show. I'm your host, Linda Andrews, and today I'm excited to bring you the 2023 recap episode. I'm going to share some stories, some key teachings and takeaways, and as always, hope that this unlocks or sparks a little bit of divine inspiration in you, or a lot of it. And I invite you to join me to take a deep breath if you want to inhale through your nose, exhale through your nose or mouth. And taking two more breaths just like that, helping yourself anchor in, settle in, and enjoying today's show. Thank you so much for being here. Leela Life, where business meets well-being. My passion in life is to support emerging entrepreneurs. I believe there is a lot of problems in the world, and I believe that entrepreneurs are well-equipped, or if they don't think they are, they're on the journey to be well-equipped to help solve those problems. And that's really the mission of Leela Life and the Leela Life Collective is to support pre-revenue entrepreneurs, right? They haven't made their first dollar yet, all the way up to that $1 million mark in annual recurring revenue or MRR, which would be a little bit under 10K a month. Why those specific milestones? I left my career in finance after seven years as a VP at Morgan Stanley in 2018. And the past five years, I've been in this discovery journey of Leela life and entrepreneurship since then. And there's been a lot of ups and downs and ups and downs, a lot of learning, a lot of growth, a lot of different support networks. And as I was going through that, I discovered this passion I have for entrepreneurship, mainly because I see a lot of problems in the world and I'm excited about solutions through business, number one. Number two, there is some challenges in the funding environment, which I'm not going to dive too much into. I have a a solo cast I did on this a few episodes ago. What I will say is that 2% of venture capital go to women. 98% of this goes to men. Okay, whatever. Maybe there's more men that want to raise venture than women. So I don't, I just don't think that there's 98% of men raising venture capital and only 2% of women. So I'm just curious, let's say that there's 80% of men raising venture capital and 20% of men women raising venture capital, that the numbers should be a bit more reflective of that reality. And I just can't believe that it's 2%. If it is 2%, then forgive me. And this is an obnoxious aim, but I just feel like as more and more women are getting better at business, we just got our first bank accounts in the 70s, right? Got credit cards in the 80s that as women more and more become entrepreneurs and are interested in wealth creation, that they would perhaps like the option for venture capital. We could talk about how 
that may not be the right fit for everyone. But what I will say is that if you get to the million dollar mark in annual recurring revenue and achieve the product market fit milestone, you are primed to be in a position to receive funding. And I think there's a pipeline problem where there's not enough people hitting that milestone to then get to that uh, to, to that funding milestone if they want to go that direction. So if you get to a million dollars in annual revenue and you don't want to take funding, awesome. Like you retain more ownership, right? You don't have, you don't go that direction. And for some people it may be right and they may have more access to possibility through that funding. So that's why Lila Life has unfolded where it is. And yeah, I want to talk to you a little bit about the year and integrating some of that journey. I started out the year finding out that our dog, our beautiful lab, Lily Rose, was having knee surgery. I don't know if anyone's gone through a knee surgery. I know you have. I know one of my podcast guests have had her dog have knee surgery. She's a 90, she was 90 pounds. We got her down to about 80 pounds, but uh, it was a pretty intense experience. She had to be immobile for two weeks, basically. Uh, she couldn't be at her house for that time because of our stairs up to the front. And we just had to make these different accommodations. And I'm sharing that because the year started out differently than I thought. And this is something that happens over and over and over. Oh, things are going different than I thought, right? And life has a funny way of, of having that happen. <laughs> and then this is the invitation to how do you respond? How do you react? How do you pivot? How do you flow? And I got that lesson through my dog's surgery. Starting in March, I had the opportunity to join the Levan Center Accelerate program. This is a part of NSU's library called the Levan Center, which is the fifth floor. The library is not called the Levan Center. The fifth floor of the NSU library is, and the library is a public private library. And the Levan Center is what they're calling the tech amusement park, the amusement park for entrepreneurs located in South Florida. I think 2023 was a breakout year for South Florida for a number of reasons, including Wall Street South is starting to take on a bit more traction. So if you're in South Florida, the Levan Center is a bit west. It is at Nova Southeastern. I highly recommend if you can get a tour that you go there. For me, this program was 12 weeks. I was commuting about an hour, <laughs> three times a week, which was different because I don't usually commute because I have this awesome home office. And I had a cohort of four other entrepreneurs and what a transformative experience, I have to tell you. At this point, I had been planning to raise funds for Lila Life. The week, the first week of the program, Silicon Valley Bank had its issues. And this was starting what some were going to think was a tidal wave in the banking sector. There's a lot of nuance to that conversation that I think there's many experts well-educated beyond me, but it was just an interesting dichotomy. One of the girls in our in our program banked with Silicon Valley Bank. There's a lot of uncertainty to this week, and it was a curious time to be starting a program with the an anticipation to fundraise. So what came from that program? A ton of educational content, connections, access to the facility. We were pitching constantly at that program. At the end of the program, you had a pitch night. One was to the public. One was directly to investors. It was just an overall, I would say, professional just up-leveling through that program. And I, as I went through that program, 
for whatever reason, I know the reasons, but I was starting to pivot the idea of Lilo Life into a workplace well-being solution for small and medium-sized businesses, 20 to 500 employees, and was essentially creating a whole another entity, which I do have set up. And as I got to the end of it, I was like, this is interesting. I'm creating something completely new, yet I don't feel like I've taken what I have to where I want to go. And I would say through the course of that program, one of the biggest takeaways that I found is what do people want? <laughs> what do people want to pay for? And creating from there versus creating new solutions and new solutions and new solutions and having great ideas, but what is the actual problem? And so for the workplace well-being, the problem that I have identified is that the resilience in the workplace is often challenged. There's some paradigm shifts happening in the workplace and employee companies with employees 20 to 500 are often underserved with workplace well-being. The question came up is like, do companies want to pay for this? And do I need to create this whole tech platform or can this live under the Lila Life brand? Coming to those awarenesses made me realize that people will pay for it. These life cycle of sales for B2B versus B2C takes a bit longer and it can live underneath the existing brand until it can't. And so what that prompted me to do was completely tighten up everything that I already have existing with Lila Life and that offering. And so that's what I want to share more of with you. But that was that was some big, big, big lessons. Um, so I want to talk about the pivots. But after that program, I had the opportunity to travel a bit this past summer. And that's been a real dream of mine for years is that summers could be in a less warm climate, <laughs> or just a, a more, um, a more, I don't know, just easier climate. Sometimes Florida can be very hot in the summer. And we had the chance, my husband and I, to do that a bit. And it was really lovely. And for those of you that have known me for a long, long time, um, you might have heard me talking about back in the 2015s to 2018s, being tri-coastal and spending some time in Cali and New York and Florida. And this really felt like the beginning of that. So the dream is still alive to my longtime friends and supporters, it is still alive. And I just want to honor you and celebrate you, even if it's mini steps, even if it's it's not the full way you want to do something, but it's some of the way, right? These things can take time to get into place. And I just celebrate you and honor you to those steps that you've taken in achieving those goals. And don't ever give up on yourself. Your dreams can evolve and shift. And certainly the feedback loop can be a part of that. For instance, I want to have three houses, one in New York, one in California, one in Florida. The reality is, as of today, I don't want that. Although I would like to visit those places on an annual basis, I don't necessarily feel inclined to have homes in each of those places today, right? But five years ago, I might have had that as my number one dream. So as you know more, as you learn more, as you do more, it, it can evolve, it can shift, it can take shape, new seeds, new dream seeds can emerge to have grace with yourself in the process, but to also not give up on whatever those dreams are. If it's feeling like imposter syndrome or you can't, or you won't hang on there, keep the dream, keep the vision and remember to take the action. Okay. That was pretty epic. At the end of last year, I declared that I would be doing startup acting and improv classes and writing, I believe. I had the opportunity to do some improv classes in 2023, have not 
tab dabbled into the acting or the stand-up, although I'm practicing my own stand-up all the time in-house. <laughs> and uh, the writing, I have started writing my third book. I'll talk a little bit about this at the end. And when I say third book, it's my third attempt at writing a book. It's actually the second book I'm attempting to write. Uh, I do feel that I will finish this one. But for any of you who have write a, wrote a book, we had Dr. Gabby on the show a few weeks ago, very inspiring. And it was like a synchronicity of events that led to the reactivation of the writing. So I feel I achieved the two out of four, the improv and the writing, haven't taken a writing class, but it's in the energetics there. So those are still emerging. All right. So within the Leela life, I talked a little bit about going through the Levan Center it was like I got to take everything from there and apply it to Lila Life, and I'm still doing that. So Lila Life's service offering is called Integrative Advisory. Integrative, to me, means that everything is connected. Lila Life is where business meets well-being, and the advisory piece is a connection between consulting and coaching. I was a financial advisor in my former career, as well as business development and a, a manager, but this advisory term and the integrative term, these clicked in amazingly and using these integrative advisory services to support emerging entrepreneurs, which I shared is pre-revenue to the $1 million mark ARR. So as the next year, 2024 unfolds, this is what you're going to see the content surrounded, sur surrounding and prosperity, consciousness, well-being, growth. It is to support that. If you are not an entrepreneur, see how you can take these teachings, learnings, understandings into your home life. You know, for anyone helping run the, the family <laughs> and the financials and the priorities of a family unit, you know, at, at higher levels of wealth, this could be called a family office. There's a business in, in that as well. So I, I think what I'm sharing <laughs> can be applied even if you aren't an entrepreneur, you can be an intrapreneur working at your uh, at a business or with an employer as your employee, your employee-ness. Uh, but, but that's where the content is going to be focused on. I have started hiring. So I have support now with the podcast and some different operation support. Thank you, Rachel. You've been a blessing this Q4 and excited for 2024. And, you know, the intention is to continue to grow. And with that is support. So also been working with some informal advisors and growing the team. So that's exciting. I got recognized at the end of this year, early in December, or excuse me, November with the Kaiser Award with Kaiser University as a community men member. And that was a really sweet moment. I've done work with two nonprofits, Student Aces, which helps uh, high school student athletes in their leadership, and 1909, which supports the local West Palm Beach community with entrepreneurship. And it felt really special to be acknowledged with that. Another community aspect that I had the opportunity to lead this year was the wellness hour with the square in West Palm Beach. So we had a monthly meetup. I brought in some sound healing. Daniela was so, so gifted with the sound healing. Some different speakers helped engage with that. And we just provided a healing experience to the local community guiding through the heal, be, and create framework. So we would do some gratitude, some journaling, some breath work, 
some visualization and it was just a really special experience. And for me, it felt really awesome to be activating, you know, more of the in-person events in West Palm Beach and being able to use my voice for that. So I talked about this book. I'm, I'm, I'm giving you the little teaser here. For some of you, you know that I'm a trained chef and I sometimes moonlight as a chef. My chef career has been everything from chef demos to private chefing to wellness retreats. And it's been something I've been exploring, I would say, since 20, 2015 was culinary school. So about 2015. But I recently had a gig that I moonlit lit as a chef for a few days. And that's the, the, the cookbook. Ah, that's the release. The cookbook was starting to come to me this year. And that's what's happening. So where business meets well-being is Lila Life. This cookbook is going to be so, to support you with health forward, health supportive food. And I am launching the Lila Life Supper Club, which will be a seasonal supper club starting in March in the South Florida, West Palm Beach area. So stay tuned for more details on that. And yeah, I'm really excited. I think that'll open up the space for some conversations around well-being, around business, and just to have that connection. So stay tuned. Those are some updates there. I want to share now some of the personal growth and reflections of 2023 that I've experienced personally that I hope you can integrate as well. We have seasons. <laughs> you hear me talk about like I'm gearing up, you know, winter solstice, here we go. Spring equinox, here we go. These dinners are to be aligned with that and then having the seasonal menus reflect that. But if there's a seed, pun intended here, to plant about finding your own harmonization with seasons, I highly recommend you explore this, right? So for example, right now, we're coming into the darkest days of the year. You may feel a little cozier. You may feel like you're sleeping more. That's an example of a way one could harmonize with the seasons during you know, the darkest days of the year. There's many ways that you can do this, but what I notice is a syncing up as part of nature that is really beautiful and it's been extremely transformative to me. You know, in the summer months, this is the dark, the brightest days of the year, the longest days of the year. You may feel like you're a bit buzzier with energy, that you have more energy, that you're staying up a little later, that you may be waking up a little bit earlier. Those are some examples of, of, harmonizing with the seasons. There's some things you may need to pay attention to, like when the sun sets and the sun rises, but it's it's really fun. And it's been something I've been working on for years, but this was the first year that I really felt more of a discipline in that practice in a way that was really soothing and supporting. One of the things you hear me talk about on the podcast, if you're a regular listener, which thank you, I really appreciate the support. This is for you is harnessing your time, energy, and attention. For me, this is a mantra. How am I using my time, energy, and attention? How am I using my time, energy, and attention? And connecting that with my personal and business growth and my goals. And it's just, for whatever reason, a really easy, beautiful filter to check in with whatever I'm doing. It's not about getting it perfect. It's not about being great, perfect all the time, whatever. It's about being in integrity with yourself about what your goals are, what your visions are, how you're growing, and how you're using your time, energy, and attention. 
the daily feedback loop of what's working, what's not, now what is powerful in this because you're not going to get it right or perfect all the time. But being aware of how you're using your time, energy, and attention, there is a natural evolution that happens from that. And there may be things that you're not willing to invest the way you used to be, and that's okay. So that's something that's clicked in a deeper level for me. Maybe it is for you. And I can't bring this up without talking about the power of the word precision. This word, precision, being precise with your time, being precise with your energy, being precise with your attention. I'm picturing right now those little, like, does anybody remember the slap hands, those jellies you would get at like the grocery store, it would come in like a little ball and they you had like a little um, circle on the end of it and it was a slap hand and you could slap the wall and maybe you're trying to slap something or slap someone and being precise with that. It's like sending it out and what is it bringing back? And to me, that is the power of precision. Are you being precise what you're putting out and what are you getting back reflecting that precision? This has had me, I, I know, you know, say OCD, that this can be a mental health challenge for some people and for other people that may joke about OCD, there's something to order and harmony and things having a place. Sometimes I think these labels in our society aren't the most helpful because it can prevent you from accessing the gifts and really taking ownership. So in your own life, where are you lacking precision? Where could you embody more precision? Where are you already being precise? This could be curious for you to explore, and it certainly has been to me. All right. This is pairing a bit with the seasons here, but embracing rest days, cycle syncing, and surrendering if I've been sick. I had two kind of gnarly, whether it was the flu, I don't know, but experiences this year and they both took me out one for four days one for five days and I was like whoa that was brutal and in both of those my body needed rest and those were and it's it's interesting because they were basically six months apart <laughs> they were like right around the summer solstice and right around the winter solstice so maybe I could have been more proactive in taking rest throughout my body was telling me, Hey, we're going to rest and we're going to do this. And it's like going through that journey. And I, I don't know if you noticed yourself ever shaming yourself when you've been sick of like, why aren't you feeling better? You should be perfect. You should not ever get sick. The surrender in those experiences to deep rest paired with regular rest days. I really amped up regular rest days this year. And lastly, the cycle syncing for those of you that have a menstruation cycle, you know, I cannot recommend it enough to whatever extent you can, a little extra self-care, a little extra pamper, a little less doing and giving yourself that rest time really shifts that relationship with your body. All right, we got two more. We're, these are the personal growth and reflections. There is something happening on the planet called solar flares. I'm a, kind of a nerd with different things you may know. And I check the solar flare radar, like just like I check the weather just to see what's going on. And I've noticed this pattern that when solar flares are clicking up into a couple gears, that the world feels a little bit more wacky. And how do I define wacky world? This is just a thing I do is I can just tell <laughs> how the traffic is feeling 
when I'm outside. And there's just an extra aggressive kind of aggro, like, hey, be careful when you're on the roads. That's how I notice it. And that sends these warning signals to me of a little extra awareness, a little extra caution when I'm interacting with others and just not knowing, hey, someone's going to be unhinged. So there's probably way more science than I'm discussing right now about the solar flares, but the sun sends off lots of energy. It comes to the earth and sometimes that can affect humans. And it's just been an interesting cycle to notice and watch. I do believe and this is completely an intuitive, more spiritual thing. So I'm not bringing the science to back it up. We'll wait 20 years for that to happen where it supports what I'm saying or however long it takes, or it could just be nonsense. But for me, this has made sense to me that the light energy is helping each of our bodies be able to upgrade. I like to imagine this on a DNA and a cellular level, you know, speaking love, speaking harmony, speaking grace, speaking peace into my cells, into my DNA, and receiving these energetic and transformative upgrades from the sun. So if you are into tracking the solar flares and you want to give your body a little mental DNA upgrade, it's like stem cells from your mind for your body, maybe, I don't know, Again, this is not science-backed, but it may be something that you feel inclined to play around with, and it's been really fun. All right, the last update, this is for those of you that are still sorting through your fitness routine. 2020, I got married, and in that year was a pandemic, the start of one, and uh, I got super into a funk, into a big funk. And I would say that the funk was already starting to happen. Leaving Morgan Stanley was a huge identity shift for me, having been there seven years, being a VP, making great money, to embarking on the entrepreneurial journey. It was an identity shift I wasn't expecting. It reminded me of the identity shift of going from being an athlete, a high-level athlete, to like a normie. Um, it, it was just identity, ego, a shift in that. What's been an outcome of that is figuring out what is fitness. Like fitness is for health supportive movement. So my body's functioning great. During 2020, I got way off this train and the way I got back onto it was walking, outdoor walks. I am a avid walker now. And so if you're having trouble with your fitness, I highly recommend walking. If it can be outside, great. If you're in the winter months, it needs to be inside, awesome. Doing a 30-minute walk with that net time, no extra time. You could listen to a podcast, read a book, do what you need to do, phone a friend. And at a certain point, walking may feel like you need a little bit more. And what's this little bit more? Sweating has tremendous health benefits and also your VO2 max, okay? VO2 max is going to be you getting your heart rate up, doing harder, higher level work at that level. It's going to get your heart rate, like I said, up close to that max. This is usually through high intensity. You could be doing a minute on, a minute off of higher intensity working out. Learn about VO2 max, learn about why you need to sweat, and this could be interesting for you to implement. So where I've landed is in every other day, walk and VO2 max pump. So just want to give you a little movement inspo if you're needing to get that right. 
and that's fun. Okay, where where are we at? We're we're almost halfway. We're almost halfway there. No, we're we're more than halfway there. I've been saying this for years now. No one breathes for you. And what I mean by that is literally you are the one, you spirit, God, divine, breath is moving through you. And that's it. Like it's your nose inhaling, your breath exhaling through your nose or mouth, your breath. Your lungs are pumping air, your heart is beating, your body is going. But no one else, and when I say no one else, like no physical human can do that for you. Sure, there are tech-enabled solutions. If someone's in dire states, that can help you breathe, okay? But you are breathing. And again, this is such an anchor point around personal responsibility. And that same mantra of no one breathes for you, no one can drink water for you, no one can go on the walk for you, no one can do the work you need to do in your business or job for you. This is radical personal responsibility and let the little threads of that unfold however they need to. I am convinced more than ever that there is more that we don't know than what we know about any topic on the planet. And I believe it will always be that way because everything's always unfolding and growing and expanding and we won't, we, there will be more that we don't know than we know. And so if you yourself have know-it-all-ism, if you're engaging with know-it-all-ism, this can be a really beautiful like inner embrace of there's more that we don't know than we know. For some people, this level of uncertainty can be very, very debilitating. And I understand certainty, power, control, stability, safety, uncertainty, expansive, unsafe, right? There's different things that can come with that, but finding that inner safety during times of uncertainty, we're going into 2024. For those of you that remember, <laughs> this is an election year. It could be a wild time. We don't know what's about to unfold. We had the banking issues that I mentioned earlier this year. We know that there's uncertainty, but we also know that there's more that we don't know than we know. So see if that mental model helps you in your engagements with other. Pay attention too to social media. If you're on social media, every person on social media also there's more that they don't know than they know. And so people that are on there with extreme certainty, it may be known what they're discussing and there may be more to the story that unfolds over time. And this is where I really think about multidimensionality where there's infinity in every single second that can be expressing. Think of 8 billion humans. That's a lot of variables. And a lot of people on their specific point in their journey that will continue to unfold and unwind based on their life experience. So do with that what you will. See how that helps you anchor into yourself while you're discussing things with others. And I think in that other, <laughs> discussing things with others, the subtleties around control mechanisms and control dynamics right? There could be manipulation, coercion, meaning you're trying to get someone to do something. Could be under the radar. It could be very obvious. Notice where you're being controlled. Notice how you're controlling other. There's some very subtle energy in control dynamics that 
would be just curious to tune in a little bit more and a little bit more. There's boundaries that are part of this conversation, exploring what boundaries that you may need to set with yourself. And just a note about boundaries. I, I've been really exploring this a lot because when you speak from yourself, the awareness wheel of yourself, I am, I, I notice this is going on. I feel this way. This is what I need, right? And that person can respond and honor that or not. We can't control another person, right? You can share how you're doing, how you're feeling. But as soon as you're saying, I, I need you to do, you need to do this, that's where that control dynamic comes in. So paying attention, uh, I think about this in, in a lot of terms of speech, right? Like you can't say that. Well, you know, everybody, anyone can say whatever they want to say. What I can say is I notice that I'm feeling this way and I need you to, I need you to just know that. And then that can be that adaptation in the relationship based on how you're feeling, but it's taking ownership to where you're showing up in that and being able to express that versus like, you need to do this or that. And it, it really can change dynamics there because like, could you imagine if the whole entire world had to orchestrate to be in exactly the way so that like, you don't ever feel sensitive to something? That's not the point. Triggers are showing you an unhealed part of yourself that you're the only one that can work on that part of yourself. And so is there forgiveness, acceptance? Those are the two main ones, right? And then it's transmuting that energy through choice, through showing up in a different way, through going in different places, through not going to places that may make you feel that way, right? But ultimately it's on you. It's not on the other person. Could you imagine if 8 billion people had their like list of say 100 triggers and everyone had to make sure to watch out for those triggers all the time? That's insane. That, that can't happen right? And so it's on each person to understand that, to work through that, to do some discovery work. I think meditation is, meditation and meditative journaling are the two amazing tools to work through this. Meditation, you're releasing stress. You may have some insights come through in your inner space. And the meditative journaling is a more physical experience of that. I have on the website right now, 52 week's worth of journal prompts. Each week there's about 10 to 20 prompts. So that will probably take you well through 2024 if you do 10 journal prompts a day. Otherwise it could last you about five years. So if you're interested in that, I believe it's $11 on the website. That That's really a little labor of love. And yeah, tune into that. Segway from that, there is division in the world. You may feel a certain way about something. Someone else may feel a different way. And is it possible for each person to fully understand the other person's position? Find commonality in that. Discuss from there. That's a large task. And why that task becomes even larger is that's with two people. What about groups of people and the hive mind? and external influences on that, like algorithms and social media. So again, awareness that this is even going on, going on, but the ability to tap into love, right? You have self-love, you have love for others and engage from that place. The division is not 
the main stage. It's not the only thing going there. So that's my transmutation tip for 2024 with whatever we're about to see. And what I've been noticing lately is that when I show up from a space of love with whomever, it is truly magic. I mean, we each have the power to change a lot of energetic dynamics through that showing up in love. And people are really taken back by it. I mean, some of the exchanges I have, people don't even understand how I can be acting the way I'm acting to another human. I don't know if they're spending too much time online or if they, I don't know, I really don't know. It's something that's been happening recently that I'm like, this is so interesting. I meet a stranger, I have a pleasant ex exchange and they're like, whoa, like you're so authentic. I can't believe that you're like this. And I'm just like, I don't know what you're talking about. I'm just being me here. So a couple gems in there. All right, we are segueing into our end of the conversation here. Last gem understanding for yourself, do you need more pressure or do you need more time? Sometimes you need pressure, right? You need a deadline to get things done. And that pressure can create like a little vacuum where magic starts to happen. Other times, other people may need more time. This is a teaching I learned through Guru Jagat and the Rama community. And with the more time, it could be a deadline. It could be giving yourself a, more of a deadline and backing out from that deadline it's it's kind of the same thing, but it feels different. And understanding your psychology and understanding, do you need more pressure or do you need more time? I am a pressure person. I need more pressure. And when I have more pressure, there's magic that happens. Some people need more time and breathing room. And understanding that difference within yourself and then putting that into work, it's very powerful. All right. I think that's everything I have for you. Uh, lastly, I want to shout out Qualia from Neurohacker Collective and Best Self Co. I use the Best Self Co journals. I've gone through the relationship books. I love their weekly checklist. They have awesome project planners. I'm a hard paper, hard copy paper kind of gal. I love digital. I love tech, but getting the pen on paper, writing, touching that, it just helps me get things organized. So thank you to Best Self Co. There's promo code Leela Life. If there's anything you want to stock up on for the new year, they, they just have so many gems. So I highly recommend it. And separately, Neurohacker Collective and the team there. Wow, just so amazing. My favorite, my personal favorite is the Qualia stack. This helps you grow more gray matter. So if you are not uh, meditating every day, which I am, but you may not be. I highly recommend you do if you're not, but <laughs> if you're not, the qualia has got your gray matter growing and over time you lose gray matter in your brain. This is all proven. They they just have such a beautiful product suite. So qualia is one that I use very regularly. They recently released NAD+, which is amazing for cellular function and overall health, longevity, and they have senolytic, which is like letting go of your old Brain, old brain cells, old cells, the cells that are dying off, it helps you detox from those. And then your other cells that are living and thriving have a little bit more room to go and grow healthier. So check out Neurohacker Collective. Same thing, products are 
having a discount with Lila Life as a promo code. And just thank you from the absolute bottom of my heart. I have a sense that 2024 will be a fast year. I study astrology as a personal hobby, I would say. And, you know, we're in a time of transformation. When I study astrology and I look at the world, all I can think is we're right on time. Things are unfolding exactly how they're supposed to. There's a higher and lower expression of everything. We each have choices we get to make that contribute to the collective. And so taking ownership in that for you, just, just own it and go for it. I am sending absolutely so much love and thank you for tuning into the Lila Life Show. We will see you next week. Thanks for tuning into our show today. Please like, share, subscribe, send to a friend, give the review. And always, if you have feedback, we want to hear team at lilalife.co. Feel free to email us and follow us on social. You can reach us there. Sending you blessings as always. Much love.